Hello, welcome back to The Hum. This is the side project bonus podcast that you get on the same feed as The Hum and The Holler. I am Karina Dross, one half of Abacus Corvus and astrologer at Flax and Gold. And here is where we're going to get into the highlights of the astro weather from new moon to new moon, all the things that are happening in the sky of note. And we begin this month with the Virgo new moon at... 4.17 a.m. exact in New York and across the East Coast of the U.S. in general. This one happens August 27th. And the new moon in Virgo. Oh, I love this one. I have a Virgo sun, full disclosure. Big fan of Virgo energy. And a Virgo new moon for me is always a time when I find myself like, I think of this kind of crispness that's about to be in the air isn't there quite yet. Virgo energy always reminds me of this aspiration, of this sense of things are about to get put in order. (laughs) Things are about to get better. There's this optimism that I really feel surging through Virgo season that has to do with a renewal of energy to pay attention to the details, to the body, to what needs changing in small, daily, incremental ways, but that will have a huge effect on your state of mind, your well-being, your capacity to connect. Virgo as an energy, it has a few keywords. Discernment is one that I love. Service is another one I love. What I find so beautiful about Virgo energy is that There is a quality of attentiveness and of really believing things can be better and being willing to try. As an earth sign, Virgo is practical. I joke sometimes that Virgo is an earth sign that thinks it's an air sign. It is ruled by Mercury. Mercury also rules Gemini, an air sign. So the intellect has a lot to do with both of those signs. But where Gemini can have a lot of fun just churning around ideas and questions and worldviews and possibilities for the fun of it. Virgo energy always wants a practical application of thought. So on this new moon, we're going to get into the other things that are happening on this lunation, but just in general on this new moon, I invite you to get familiar with the part of you that is excited to like bring out a fresh sheet of paper and start writing onto it. Here's what I want. Here's how to get there. Here's how I need to change things. Here's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to cross it off. Maybe you're not a to-do list writer. Maybe this is not as incredibly scintillating to you as it is to me to be like, ah, fresh to-do list. Think of what works for you in your life that is associated with the Virgo desire to show up and pay attention and participate in making things better, even if the impact you can have in this present moment is fairly small. There is a, uh, how do I say this exactly? Virgo is not afraid to be humble and be behind the scenes. This particular new moon, surprising no one, Absolutely no one should be surprised that this particular new moon has some tension in it. 
There is a Mars square to the new moon. There is a Venus square to Uranus, both both happening on this day. Mars, if you've been paying attention, has been just squaring things right and left throughout the whole second half of this year. That is, that is the story of the second half of 2022. And what that means for us astrologically is that we are testy. <laughs> we are all a little bit exhausted and a little bit closer to our edge of snapping or lashing out or crying in frustration or however you experience that Mars quality of, I need to push back against the overwhelm. So that's a strong player in this lunation. As is a Venus square to Uranus, Venus square to Uranus is an interesting one. When we have Venus involved in any kind of aspect on a lunation, we know that this is going to be important for our relational selves, important for how we are approaching love and connection in this time. Uranus is the planet of revolution, of queerness, of having a rebellious energy that helps us overcome the conditioning and the oppression that we would otherwise absorb as normal. Here's here's how things have always been and will always be. Who am I to make waves? Uranus is the energy that disrupts that narrative and gives us the confidence, the enthusiasm, the restlessness to push for something new and something better. So a square is tense. Venus square Uranus can be a time when we are feeling a tug toward freedom, away from relationship modes or structures that are confining or uh, making us feel stifled or trapped. Because it's a square, it means there's tension about this. This isn't going to be an easy time for our relationships. I encourage you, particularly if you are doing any kind of magic or ritual around this new moon, to get to know your shadow side a little bit better, to understand what makes me feel insecure. How do I act when I'm defensive? Can I be direct about what I want and what I don't want? Even in small, tiny moments in my relationships. Or do I find myself being a little bit slippery And I define slippery as the kind of behavior where you automatically think to yourself, I'm not going to get what I want, and then you try to get it anyway, somehow. I do this. I come from a long line of people who do this. Whenever I find myself doing this, I kick myself a little bit. I mean, gently, but I'm a little bit like, ugh, here I am again, doing the thing. That is how I was raised. That is what safety felt like as a child. And now as an adult, I don't have to do the thing. So be aware of what it is for you in your relationships, in your inner workings around what you give yourself permission to want and what you give yourself permission to create with another human or with various other humans. I'm not here to limit your relationships. Pay attention to all of this on this lunation and be forgiving and patient with yourself and others if you can. 
The next major event we want to talk about is September 9th, when Mercury in Libra will be stationing retrograde. Mercury retrogrades happen a few times a year. I was born with Mercury retrograde in my chart, and so I've noticed I don't respond to the Mercury retrograde with quite as much of a kerfluffle as some people do. So if that is your process, if you like to get kerfluffled about a Mercury retrograde, I honor that process for you. I wish you well with it. I will not throw any shade your way about that. But I do want to just normalize the Mercury retrograde and say it happens all the time. These things happen all the time. Many times a year, Mercury will go retrograde. And when it does, it's essentially a time for us to review, revise, remember all the re-words. It's a time for slowing down, reversing a little bit, retracing our steps, going back into the past, and figuring out what we need to be more thorough about, or maybe change before we move full speed ahead. Because this Mercury is beginning its retrograde in Libra, there's a lot having to do with relationships and keeping the peace and what we have done to maintain harmony that we will be revising and reviewing. Mercury will station direct on October 2nd, so really the rest of September we are looking at Mercury retrograde period. And Mercury is the ruler of Virgo. We're in Virgo season, and so this means that this particular Virgo season we may be doing more slow, careful planning rather than putting into action the things that we are hoping to make real. And on September 10th, the very next day, we have a full moon in Pisces. And a full moon is always a time to honor and then release the energy of the sign the moon is in. I'd like to think of a full moon as like the crest of a wave. The light is at its maximum, and it will only wane from here. So full moons can be exciting, like, you know, a party at full tilt, and they can be overwhelming like a party at full tilt that's been going on for a long time now. I myself, I like to hide from a full moon. <laughs> I'm generally uh, doing doing my own hermitudes on full moons. The energy can be a little intense for me. But I love the idea of celebrating as we say goodbye, celebrating the sign as we release it. And so for this full moon in Pisces, I like to think about how Pisces brings us in touch with the things that we need to survive reality, essentially. It brings us in touch with our dreams, right? What would it be like to be human if we couldn't escape being human every single night and go into strange other worlds where we are not ourselves, we are maybe not anything if you have dreamless sleep, but for people who remember their dreams and are active in their dreams, we can be animals, we can be each other, we can be cosmos, we can be flying there's, there's this expansiveness to the felt sense of who I am and how I move that is what Pisces offers us. Pisces is the portal into that kind of experience. And Pisces also, you know, it really draws down empathy and imagination and communion in the waking world as well. So honor and appreciate all that Pisces good stuff. And 
take a moment to say goodbye, if you will, if you are interested in saying goodbye to Pisces energy that has become excessive in your life. And Pisces energy, when it gets excessive, often correlates with addictive tendencies and escapist tendencies, sometimes both at the same time. I believe in harm reduction. I am not an addiction counselor. I am not here to tell you now is the time or how to do it if you are struggling in your life with anything you're dependent on and don't want to be. But I do offer you this full moon in Pisces to give some love to that part of yourself that maybe wants to find a less escapist or a less dependency-oriented tool that can keep you a little more embodied, a little less anxious, a little more willing and able to be in the here and now. So I hope you find anything to ease your passage towards embodiment and presence on this full moon in Pisces, and that you're gentle with yourselves if that feels like a high ask right now. On September 16th, we get another Mars square. Mars just squaring everybody all year long, the second half of the year, all second half of the year long. This time Mars is squaring Venus. Venus and Virgo, our relationships, wanting to get things right, wanting to get things in order, wanting to have clear communication and figure things out and have plans for fixing what's broken. And then Mars and Gemini coming in as as a whirlwind of chaotic creative potential. These two signs, when they clash, Virgo and Gemini, there can be tension between where do I let myself be freewheeling and chaotic and expansive in my brainstorming and having fun self? And where do I need to kind of rein in it a bit, do some editing, fine-tune, get to the priorities? This clash between these is sort of what prompted all of the horoscopes that I've written this month for each separate sign, you know, where I encourage you to both be in a wild Gemini Mars chaotic brainstorming session, and then also to be in a kind of quieter attentiveness with the Virgo Venus energy. So this is the day when that peaks. At the same time, Sun and Virgo is opposite Neptune. So there's more Neptune energy showing up, more of that tension between Virgo and Pisces that was present on the full moon earlier this month. Virgo and Pisces, when they try to get together, that integration point is always about a certain kind of devotion. Pisces helps us feel that the moment we're in is just perfect as it is. And Virgo wants us to strive harder to make the world we're in more perfect. Virgo sees the imperfections and wants to bring them closer to the ideal. And Pisces is willing to just love what is. So where they can meet is in that experience of love and devotion to what is good and what is perfect, whether you experience it as here and now or aspirational. Also, on a day when the sun is opposite Neptune in Pisces, you know, make sure you're not driving while you're half asleep. Go a little easy on whatever substances you might be using. It will be easier to feel spaced out today. And if you're someone who gets a lot of good information from your dreams or trance or letting your mind wander, this is also a good day for that. Just a few days later, on the 18th, 
retrograde Mercury, still in Libra as of now, is going to move opposite Jupiter, hanging out in Aries, and the sun's going to trine Pluto. So let's take these two things one by one. The first thing, Mercury, when it moves opposite Jupiter, it is much, much, much more expansive. So retrograde Mercury, as this, I, you know, the metaphor I like to use for this is you were in such a hurry as you left the house that you dropped your keys somewhere on your way, walking wherever you were going, and now you have to go back and carefully look at every step you've walked to see if you can find your keys. Not only is this what I, I find this to be a very useful metaphor, it is literally a thing that has happened to me during a Mercury retrograde. So to, to me, at least, I'm like, this, this is a very embodied memory of, yep, that's what that feels like. So on a day when Mercury retrograde is opposite Jupiter, it's much easier to lose your keys. You're going to be, you know, a little more ping-ponging off the walls kind of mentally. You know, if, if you are someone who has a hard time focusing and concentrating, expect that to get turned up to 11. But Jupiter, being a bringer of fun and joy and the sorts of ideas that help us make good connections, when Jupiter contacts Mercury you are going to be retracing your steps, but you're going to find something really cool along the way. There is going to be something generative and juicy in that process. So that's one thing happening on the 18th. At the same time, Sun trine Pluto is a day that rewards digging deep, rewards investigation into your own emotional well-being, into your history and past into anything that you are researching in the world, in your community. Pluto helps us see through the surface and uncover what's real, and especially what's real and in need of healing. So if you have been hiding something from yourself, if you've been not wanting to look at something, this is a really good day for setting aside that time to do the journaling, to have the therapy talk, to let yourself in on what your brain already knows, but you haven't been ready to face. Sunshine Pluto helps you with this. And that Mercury opposition to Jupiter also really helps with this because it brings some ease and some joy to all the ways in which you're using your brain today. And the retrograde is, is a good time for uncovering rather than creating. And on September 22nd, the sun moves into Libra, which ushers in the autumn equinox. This is the day when the light and the dark are balanced. And here in the northern hemisphere, we are beginning to move towards darker times, shorter days. I often think of Libra energy as the holder of what others aren't paying attention to, aren't seeing, the holder of what is absent. So if you are in a room, you've got a lot of Libra in your chart and you notice everybody's talking, but they're missing something that is crucial and even potentially controversial. You, as the Libra energy person, often, you know, you'll feel compelled to bring that in and to speak for the absent. As we move into Libra season, I think of this as being this portal, holding a candle, reminding us of the light that is waning and holding that for the future. And as we step through this portal this year, 
into the darker, colder half of the year in the northern hemisphere. We've also got Mercury moving retrograde right at this point on September 23rd, the day after the equinox. Retrograde Mercury will be backing up, moving over the sun at zero degrees Libra and then into Virgo. This movement of Mercury backwards into Virgo right as the sun is moving into Libra, it kind of blurs the boundaries between the two, which is fascinating because the signs when they show, you know, signs that are right next to each other, they have very little in common. It's hard to do them both at once. I think of them often as an inhale followed by an exhale. So there can be that pause between the inhale and exhale, but you can't do them both at the same time. When you have a chart that's dominated by two signs that are right next to each other, so much of what you are learning energetically is how do I move between these fluidly? How do I make sure I can keep circling between the two? rather than how do I combine these? How do I get these to be the same thing? So this movement, I just find it fascinating. Mercury's moving back into Virgo, sun's moving into Libra. That that boundary there, that that space between the breaths is getting a little bit longer, a little bit extended, and we're getting a taste of what it might feel like to try to combine Virgo and Libra energy. So have fun with that. We'll see what happens. We'll see what that feels like on that day. I'm very interested in the clash between Virgo's kind of frantic activity at times, you know, ruled by Mercury. There's this get it all done, do all the things, don't stop, don't stop, it's not perfect yet kind of energy with Virgo. That's where it gets excessive, which is usually when the next sign kicks in is like, okay, enough of this, time to do the other thing. And the other thing for Libra is calm and is listening and is being with the situation rather than trying to rush toward a solution. So those two things, notice those two things, notice those two ways today as retrograde Mercury moves into Virgo and and the sun's moving into Libra there. One question you might want to ask yourself is as retrograde Mercury moves back into Virgo, what from Virgo season do you need a little more of right now? And do you maybe need to go back and get and bring with you toward the future for when Mercury starts moving forward again and eventually ends up in Libra? And those are the highlights for you, my friends. I will have the full list of significant aspects up on my Patreon ASAP. Look for it before the first. It should be up pretty soon. Now that the new moons are changing, you know, for all of the first half of the year, the new moons were within the first few days of the month, and now they're moving towards the last few days of the month. So I'm going to try to get the horoscopes up a little bit earlier for you on Patreon so that you can have this whole list around the time that this podcast comes out. When the moons start changing to the middle of the month, we'll see. We'll we'll probably switch that up. Also, in case you're curious, I recently discovered that putting the signs with the planets when I tell you what's happening in the sky, like not just Venus is squaring Mars, but Venus in Virgo is squaring Mars in Gemini, for some reason, just writing the signs down helped me more more fluidly write the horoscope for you. I don't know why I never thought of doing that before. It just seemed like 
Maybe I was just mimicking what I've seen other people do. All I know is I'm going to be using the signs from now on. Maybe that'll help you too. It definitely helps me visualize what's happening better. So that is a change I wanted to note for you. And that's it for the hum for this month. Come back. We will be talking about the new moon in Libra on September 25th. So look for that podcast to drop on September 24th. And thank you for listening.